You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. You know, the Bible is so consistent. Old, Middle, New Testament, whichever way. The Bible says, as many as are led of the Spirit. You see, these are what? The sons of God. That word led means continually being what? Led. Now, in the Old Testament, we have the nation of Israel coming out from Egypt. The cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, isn't it? If any of them did not follow, if they follow the cloud in the morning and then in the night, they say they don't want to follow. They will wake up no manner. They will wake up no congregation. The following had to be for how long? Every day. Every day. Every day. And that's the only way the enemy's cause goes against us. We're going to still deal with part of it tonight. When he cuts us out, you see, we must know that we have an adversary. One of the things I know is that if there were no enemy fighting our faith, I'll be a different person. But there is an enemy. And this enemy knows something. In fact, he knows things that many Christians don't know. He knows the omnipotence of God. Our enemy knows how powerful God is. He knows more than a lot of us. Praise God. He's been there with him. Satan knows how powerful God is. He knows how mighty God is. That's why when he came against Job, he knew that all the things he was doing, God has said, don't touch his life. So he knew that all the swords won't kill him. He knew that all the things he was doing won't kill him. The poverty won't kill him. The sickness won't kill him. He knew the only thing that could kill Job. Forsake God. That's why he said to the wife, tell your husband to curse God. That's the only thing that can bring death. The same for the believer. As long as you hold on to God, it doesn't matter what is going on. Praise the Lord. The devil has not been created that can snatch a man out of God's hand. He's not been created that can abort God's purpose for you. When God says yes, who is the devil to say no? But when you say no, who is God to say yes? That's what we started learning at Crossover. Mary said yes. That's been my prayer this day. I say yes, Lord. Be it unto me what? According, yes, Lord. Is it difficult? But you know many times we don't say yes. When the word comes, we analyze it, we consider it. Look at the children of Israel we are talking about. Go and ask of your neighbors articles of silver and gold. Do you know how easy it would have been to say, ah, Moses, tell us something else. Moses, when you're serious, do what? Come and talk to us. But you see, when we know the power of God, and that is one of the things I believe the Lord wants us to know this year. Know that the God you serve is almighty. God is a miraculous God. Praise the Lord. But you see, he's not just one-sided. God is miraculous, but God is the one that created order. As I was coming here now, the Lord said to me, do you know if I walked miracles in your life every day, miracles will cease to be miracles. Day and night is a miracle. You know, oftentimes when people want to admonish us to thank God, say that you woke up today is a miracle. But to you, it's no longer a miracle because you've been waking up for 50 years. If the miracle that you're, you're calling God for that you think is a big, if God did it for you consistently six times, a woman has six children, the seventh one, she's hissing throughout the pregnancy. 
In fact, any month when she wakes up, the husband, you're, you're a foolish man. The husband will say, you're a foolish woman. But to somebody, that's what. You see, once the number exceeds a part, it's no longer a miracle. It's not that it's difficult for God. God is miraculous. There are no big deals to him. He works miracles. And you see, when we say God works miracles, we also imagine that where God wants to work miracles, he does something extra. It's the same word. It's the same thing. The same word he used to speak everything. The same word that you're using to wake up. That's what he's going to use to bring the turn around. That's what he was trying to help Mary and Martha understand. At the tomb of Lazarus, he said, don't worry. The weeping of Jesus was weeping that these people don't know who they're dealing with. You know, there are some things that our Lord Jesus Christ said when he was on earth that it takes the Holy Spirit to review to you. When he said to the woman at the way, if you knew who it was, you know what it means for you to somebody if you knew. That's what made him weep at Lazarus' tomb. Or tomb, sorry. He said, hey, you people are wondering, four days is late for me. I'm even going to come back after 2,000 years when some people have died and I will wake them up. Isn't that what will happen at the rapture? And then four days, you people are crying. Oh, he started crying. Two things that made Jesus cry. Either, or rather, uh, express emotions. Either unbelief or belief. Because that's the thing. He's almighty. I've said it here to us several times. If you have a friend, you know, who doesn't believe everything. One of the problems I always have with my wife, which I believe most of is that when she tells me what she's convinced she is right, and I disagree, we'll quarrel. Because she's so sure this is right, and it's better for me, because she knows. Then when I also tell her, then I'm telling her this thing is what you should do, is good for you. And you're saying, on my honor, as your husband, and you as Mrs. OKK, I am telling you, I decree that this is the way that will be better for you. And then she what else should I do? If I don't get angry, I'll be mad. The same way, is someone getting it now? Whereas now, there are several cases like that where after you find out you were not so right. But imagine if you are God, that you know after, you know after, after, that you will always be right. So we've argued over some things and then after one month or two months, I realized that that thing I thought so strongly I was right about, I wasn't so right. But God is never wrong. Then God says to you something. You're arguing with him. Praise the Lord. That's why when we looked at this story, what caught me in this was that Spirit of God said, there is grace in that place. Look at it. I say, where is the grace? Do you know that that statement that Moses read in Exodus, um, Exodus 11 verse 4? Moses said to Pharaoh, that's who he was speaking to then. He said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, about midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt and all the first men in the land of Egypt shall die. He said that to Pharaoh. He told him, this is what I want to do. If Pharaoh had asked, how do I save myself? He would have heard, kill a lamb. Put the blood on your lintel and it will not come in. Are you seeing the God we deal with? Because he still loved Pharaoh. He loved the Egyptians. He didn't hide the salvation plan. He didn't hide the deliverance plan. It was made, that word, you know, I didn't even get it until today. I said, that passage, because the way chapter 10 ended, if you go to the last verse of chapter 10, after Pharaoh had threatened uh, Moses, and Moses said, so Moses said, you have spoken well, I'll never see your face again. I actually thought he had left the place, but no, this whole 11 was still happening, you know, before Pharaoh. Because if you look at 11 verse 9, 11 verse 9 says, 
So Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh. And the Lord hadn't Pharaoh's heart and did not let the children of Israel go. So this was all before Pharaoh. Pharaoh still would not respond. The mercy of God was there. One of the things that will weaken, you know, not weaken really, but we will feel a bit sad about when we make it to heaven is when we see all the things that God prepared for us that we didn't walk in. All the marvelous things. And all of them will be because of one thing. Unbelief. It's not because of the devil. It's not because of the devil. It will be because of unbelief. So at the crossover, we looked at it where the disciples said to the master, why could we not accomplish this? And the answer was not this problem. Eh? Hmm. You don't even understand this type of demon. Or you don't even understand. No. He said because of your unbelief. He said because of your unbelief. Because of your lack of revelation of the one that you're dealing with. Is that not why the Bible says that those who know their God. Somebody say, Lord, I want to know you. Those who know their God. Not even those who know their pastor's God. Those who know their own God. Those who know. Those who have a revelation of the God they are dealing with. They shall be strong. And they will accomplish, carry out great exploits. Because God is almighty. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above. All that we could ask or imagine. That's what he can do. Praise the Lord. That's the God you and I have. So this year, Lord, increase our faith. Amen, somebody. Yes, Lord, increase our faith. Because we looked at this account and we noted on Sunday that it was the same year for the Egyptians and the Israelites. Wasn't it the same year? But by the next day, some were billionaires and some were in poverty, mourning. Some were in perpetual health. What was the difference? Those who had faith in God. Faith is a game changer. You know, if believers, if the Christians in the world and in generally were to desire faith the way we desire what the world desires. You know we desire what the world desires. And it's our problem. And when you don't do that, you almost become unreasonable. You become antisocial. You see, every one of us here, if you had a rich friend and he paid you a visit, your countenance will lighten up. He'll probably, you know, by the time he's leaving, even if he doesn't drop anything, just, you know, the wealth that oozes around him will just make you happy. But if a brother rich in faith also visits you, you say, ah, who is that brother James again? Brother James, every time he'll now start telling me what they said at crossover, what is happening, you know, what John Hagee said, what uh, Pastor Hammer said, you know. <laughs> but you see, we are citizens of the kingdom. We transact on faith. We transact on faith. If we will covet faith, if the church covets faith, the way we are coveting what the, what the world is coveting works for the world because they are orphans. The Gentiles, they pursue after these things. We, we don't pursue. They are added to us. We are totally different. Praise the Lord. But when we don't understand, we dissipate energy in that direction. We dissipate energy. We search for things. If you're here, sister, you're not married, don't look for what the Gentiles will look for in a husband. The same thing for the young man. Don't look, don't, you cannot. You're totally different. Anytime you find both of you pursuing the same thing, one person is wrong. Very important. One person is wrong. We must check ourselves. And this is not very easy because you see, we're in the world. We're in the world. We can't deny it. We're in the world. But you see, we're not of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Okay? So we come into the year 
And we're asking, Lord, you know, sharpen our spiritual sensitivity. Make us different. Make us distinct. So that this kingdom of our God, we can bring it down to our world. Praise the Lord. How many of us know that the world needs to know our God? I mean, how, how would you feel? The other day, I was telling you, you know, you, you created everything. You made the heavens and the earth. They're all yours. Every man belongs to you. Every river belongs to you. Every mountain belongs to you. Even the clouds, you own them. Baba. All of that belongs to you. And then, do you know that ideally everyone should walk, take four steps and say hallelujah. Yes, he owns everything. He created everything. But the world doesn't know him. Rather, what they're busy doing is rebelling against him, denying him. They call themselves atheists. They call themselves, you know, Satan. All kinds of things. Just denying. Whereas he's creator. Now, for you and I that know him, he has said to us, we shall be what? Witnesses. That's why you must succeed. That's why you must become distinguished. You must stand out. We said on Sunday that the reason God gives us greatness is so that we can have influence. Praise God. But unfortunately, when many Christians get greatness, you know what they do? They look for similarities. When they get greatness, that's when they will stop speaking the things that are purely Christian. You see them wanting to become politically correct. They don't want to hurt because they are forgetting that God gave them that platform. They should go and learn from David. David was a king that knew who made him. When he was going to meet with kings and, you know, whatever it is, is the he will just be praising God. The other kings will be watching. He's coming and bringing in the ark. He's dancing like a small boy. That's why the wife didn't understand. You're a king already. He said to the wife, somebody made me king. The wife didn't understand what it takes to be in leadership or what it takes to be, you know, in the top of a political post. A lot of things we don't understand, you know, that's why if you watch movies, please watch movies that will help you. Don't watch movies that will just waste your time, diminish your intelligence. One of the things I've learned from watching some, you know, some of those movies, I've watched one documentary, is it North Korea or Saddam, one of them, is that, you see, you feel for those in power. Because, you see, when you get to a political office or post, like president or all of that, the mechanics and the dynamics of keeping that post for one week is not a joke. Especially when they got it wrongly. If they killed five people to get there, They will need to be killing more to sustain it. But when God makes a man, and the man knows it's God that made him, it's peace. That's why the Bible says the blessings of the Lord, they make rich and they do what? When God makes you, that's one of the things you have to know. When whatever it is you're pushing for, when God is the one that does it, rest will follow it. But anything you get on this side of eternity, there is no God that did it. What will follow is restlessness. That's why the Bible says there is no peace for the wicked. Not that there is no air conditioner. Not that there is no private jet. Not that there is no, there is no peace because when they're sleeping, they will dream that that person they, you know, pushed aside, shoved aside. They will meet. Then they have to wake up and plan a counter. But we are saying when God makes us, underneath shall be his what? Everlasting arms. That's the way. There are many people who are occupying positions, even in church now, that don't have peace. You know why? They fed men something that made them look exalted. They have to keep supplying that thing. So they lie barefacedly. You know, they're bringing out things to sustain the expectations of people. Those of us who are descending will know what I'm saying. I was watching one. I was just, I was pitying him. You have made people think you're a God. So you now have to respond like God. Then every day they're shaming you. Things are happening you don't understand. Then you'll be speaking above. Telling us what is going to happen in South Korea. We're here. Tell us Sambisa.
But you have so exalted yourself that people come and look to you as if you're a God. Meanwhile, things that are happening around you, you don't know. The prophet said, how did this thing happen? And God hid it from me. It means that if you know all of that, you should at least know what is happening in your Sukutu. But because they have so put themselves in a place, they have to stand and squeeze face and tell people things as if they just, you know, uh, had tea with God. And then the people are jumping like this. You don't ask yourself questions. Some of the things that is happening in front of your house. But men have taken themselves to a place where other men are looking at them as God. So they have to be doing God things. But if you keep yourself free like a man, that's case, I don't know this one. No. When you go home, you sleep. No, be so. That's it. So God lives and God upholds. But when the world lives, ah, or when you lift yourself, it's not easy. A lot of the people that, you know, that are called false prophets or whatever are called. Praise God. They didn't start out badly. It's this whole thing of bringing yourself into a place where God has not given you the grace to be. Tonight, we just want to look at a few things from this story. Exodus chapter 11 verse 1. I'll read verse 1. And verse 1 says, And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Afterward, he will let you go from there. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether. Praise the Lord. If I had a theme, even though I know it wouldn't be easy to understand, I will call this evening's theme the end time. The end time. How many of us did maths up to a level where you know what end is? End is when you say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then you don't want to count out all the numbers. And you just say, until N. N is any number. End time. In this account that we have in Exodus, God didn't tell Pharaoh, at the tenth plague, it will be over. He didn't tell Moses, at the tenth plague, it will be over. He didn't even tell the truth, at the tenth plague. One after the other were just happening. And it became a cycle. They will finish one. You know, Pharaoh will act as if he's repentant. And then he will come back. And then he'll say, get away Moses. Who do you think you are? You're not going anywhere. You stay. So that's how they kept going on. Until this one in Exodus 11. It was the 10th one, Abby. But you know that was the last one. Now God said to tell somebody here. Don't give up. Your end time will come. This is classical of the scriptures. God made a promise to Abraham. Long before Moses was even his great-grandfathers were not born. And said, your descendants will be slaves in a foreign land for 400 years. And afterwards, what will happen? I will bring them out with great possessions. Now, that was the promise God made. Did he put expiration date? Now, there were generations of Israel that lived and died under the good Egypt. To them, that word will mean nothing. But there was a generation that came up now under this bad Egypt. And it was this generation that started crying to the Lord. And it was to this generation that Moses was sent. And it was to this generation that Moses came and announced and said, God has sent me to do what? To bring you people out. So what do you think would have happened? Expectation would have risen. You and I know this too. The moment that announcement came, what was the immediate reaction? Pharaoh increased the burden. And everything went contrary to their expectations. 
They had thought the return of Moses was going to be their deliverance. But these men accosted Moses and said to Moses, look at Exodus 5, 5, 22 and 23. Exodus 5, 22 and 23. Okay, let me start from verse 9. I'll read it quickly. He said, let more work be laid on them that they labor in it and let them not regard false words. You know what are false words there now? The words of their deliverance. The devil is a liar. What you have believed God will come to pass. They are not false words. God is faithful. Praise the Lord. They are not false words. But at the announcement of this, this was what it seemed like. And then says, And the taskmasters of the people and their officers went out and spoke to the people, saying, Thus says Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go get yourself straw where you can find it, yet none of your work will be reduced. So the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw. And the taskmasters forced them to hurry, saying, Fulfill your work, fulfill your daily quota, as when there was straw. He went on and on and on. Okay, let me jump. Now you come to 19, let me read 19. And the officers of the children of Israel saw that they were in trouble. After it was said, you shall not reduce any bricks from your daily quota. Then as they came out from Pharaoh, they met Moses and Aaron who stood there to meet them. (laughs) 21. And they said to them, let the Lord look on you and judge. Because you have made us abhorrent in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants to put a sword in their hand to kill us. 22, Moses returned to the Lord and said, Lord, why have you brought trouble on these people? Why is it you have sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to these people. Neither have you delivered your people at all. This is a picture of a moment in time. Was it true? Was it what was happening then? It was what was happening then. That was what it was then. But there is an end time. There is a time coming. When the world will come to manifestation. Praise the Lord. Yes. Yes. He said, since you sent me. Since I got born again. Since I converted to Christianity from whatever background. Islam or whatever. It's trouble, trouble, trouble. My life hasn't been better. But God said, come out from amongst them. And I will receive you. I will be a father to you. There is an end time. Praise the Lord. And may this year be your end time. You see, these are the things we must understand about God. When God spoke the word, if you go home, Exodus 3, 16 to 22. He made the full promise. He said, I'm going to bring you out. And this is how you're going to come out. And this is what is going to happen. Pharaoh will be a bit hard-hearted. But after I'm yet going to bring you out. It began a series of events, one after the other. And he kept looking as if God didn't know what he was doing. Pharaoh was the tough guy. To the extent that his servants were interceding to him. Just let these people go. Pharaoh said, no, 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 no. After some time, he said, okay, I will let the men go. They will leave their wives and children. After he kept adjusting, adjusting. But you see, God... In every situation and for every circumstance, he has what? The final say. That's why we must hold on to him. It's scriptures like this that help us with Nigeria. Every time I want to listen to the news. And then sometimes something will say, don't listen to the news. We heard yesterday about the bomb blast, you know, over Christmas, the uh, beheading of some Christian. You know, you're praying that this thing should end yesterday. And then you turn on the news. It's as though they are doing more. So you don't know which one to do. Should you even stop listening to the news? 
Or should you stop? Well, which one do you do? But you see, we see in the scriptures, it seemed here as if Pharaoh was going to remain forever. And the word of God will fall forever. But we know that the Bible says, forever, O Lord, your word is what? Is settled in heaven. So it's a matter of time. And that's the privilege we have when we count new years and new months. It tells us that we put our faith for what? For this year. That God's promises will do what? Will come to fulfillment in this season. That's what we do. So we see the end time. This five we're looking at was just the beginning. They started one after the other. If you have your Bibles, you'll be seeing the first plague, the second plague, the fourth plague, the fifth plague. All of that was going on. And there was no progress. Do you know that if care was not taken, the Bible didn't tell us. I believe it didn't happen. By the tenth plague, some of the children of Israel would have said, we're not interested in this thing again. If care was not taken. You know why I'm saying that? Come with me to First Samuel chapter 1. We'll see another story there. In First Samuel chapter 1, we have the story of Hannah. Hannah, the Bible says, I had a, a was co-wife. Is there a better name for co-wife? Okay, you know, co-wife whose name was um, Penina. And the Bible says, Penina, verse 6, um, 1 Samuel 1. Her rival provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. You know when this provocation used to take place? Every time they were going to go to Shiloh, or rather more so in Shiloh, not even when they were going to go. Do you know why? Penina had to do that at Shiloh. If Hannah never, or rather said one more time, I'm not going to Shiloh again, we won't read this story. If Hannah, if the devil succeeded in discouraging Hannah from going with the family, he says year by year, Elkanah would take the family to Shiloh. Then Penina will go with her multitude. Hannah will go with just gifts. And then this woman will provoke her and she'll be miserable. What was all that about? So that Hannah will say, Shiloh, I'm not going. But that was the place of her encounter. And by the time of Hannah, it had been recorded in the word. There shall be none barren among you. So the attack was to Caught her out. So she's the one that will say. And Shiloh was a place of meeting of Israel with God. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. So it was a location. It was to bring her to a place where she'd say, I don't want again. But thank God, she went one more year. And Penina provoked her again one more year. And then she cried again, what? One more year. But that very year was the last year she cried like that. Somebody's cry will end. In the name of Jesus. He said, the tenth plague, I didn't tell them it was going to be the last. Before, I didn't tell them after the ninth one, the tenth one. It was that one that I said, this one now. At that time, some people could have said, I'm not doing. But you see, what we are learning is this. When the Bible says it's impossible for God to lie. Let me tell you my own translation. It's unnecessary for God to lie. It's unnecessary. It's impossible as true as it can be. Because we know that if God says something, it already happens. But what am I saying is unnecessary? It's unnecessary because there is nothing he says he cannot do. Anything he says is done. If he makes you a promise, it's done. God can't say something to you and then find out it will be difficult for him to bring it to pass. 
is unnecessary. He's God. And then besides, you know, God forbid on that. Even if he tells us, can you hold him? Most reasons men lie is to avoid trouble or to end something they didn't end. Two sides. God is not avoiding your trouble. And God is not about to end anything. The 20 and 4 elders, the living creatures, all creation is bowing, saying, holy, holy, holy. Does God want to impress you? Are we his old schoolmates that you're coming to tell them you live in VGC where you live in Okokomaiko? Hallelujah. You understand? You know, men form for men. God doesn't need to form for you. Okay? So when he speaks his word, let us hold on to that word. There shall be none barren. Penina it is well. Penina be provoking me it is well. Shula will go. I will come this year. Praise the Lord. You tell me no children. No problem. Next day I come. It was this understanding that helped her that after she got somewhere, after some years, she still started going without a child. To prove to Penina that she had not just overcome her, she had become more than a conqueror. Because the way it was should have been that that someone, you know, some, some of us, when we trust God for something and God gives it to us, everywhere we're going, the woman is going like this, someone will be carried in front. You know, women back children at them. This Samuel will be carried in front. When you see Hannah, you first see Samuel. <laughs> but she had become so certain that God will fulfill his promise. Let me tell you, child of God, his promises concerning you will come to pass. There is no shaking. The height, if God has said he will lift you up, I tell myself and I know that when God wants to lift me to where he wants to lift me to, even if I'm holding concrete, he will lift me with the concrete. You must settle that. So I don't need to be passing my name. Know me, know me. Call me, call me. See me, see me. When God says this one, whether they call it Twitter or uh, Instagram, whatever, you see, all of them will find out that you are the deal. Do you understand what I'm saying? They will find out. You don't, the, the, the world needs those things. John the Baptist, <laughs> praise God. You know, we read the Bible, we don't see some of this. John the Baptist, Jesus was going to the temple. John the Baptist wasn't going to the temple. He was in the wilderness. He wasn't even eating in their restaurants. He was eating honey and wild locusts, Abby. Was wearing what? Camel's leather with whatever. And still, the soldiers left us to rock and we are going to. When God lifts you up, everybody will find direction to you. That's what the Bible is saying. You know why? Because the Bible has said this man will be great in the sight of the Lord. Once he became great in the sight of the Lord, the world sought him out. You don't need to seek the world to know you. Find favor with God. Occupy your place with God. Praise the Lord somebody. So God is saying to us throughout the scriptures, in the account of Elizabeth and Zechariah, we've dealt with that you know, several times here. This man and the wife were old well stricken in age, Luke chapter 1. And they kept going, doing what they were to do. The Bible says, testifies of them, they were blameless, you know, doing what they should do. And it fell for Zechariah to offer incense. How can he fall for someone who is not on duty? It meant that consistently this man had been going to the same place, year in, year out. Now, this thing is not easy. You know why? Even the Bible says hope deferred makes what? The heart sick. But I'm going to give you a secret. We don't live in hope. Okay? It's not that type of hope. You see, there's a hope that can be deferred. But there's a hope that is almost like madness. Praise the Lord. There's a hope that the person has left. 
<laughs> Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40, let, let's see what it says. Isaiah 40 told us, he said, these people said, verse 27, I'll start from 27. He says, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God. 28 says, have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is what? Weary. He said his understanding is what? Unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he does what? He increases strength. 30 says, even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young man shall utterly fail. But what? Those who wait on the Lord shall do what? Renew their strength. You see, that word wait there is not wait. I tried to check the dictionary. And the weight they have there is not the way the Bible is talking about. The closest to it is that they talked about the waiter. And that's it. Because waiting on the Lord is not just passive sitting. It's, I know he has done it. Is this it? Oh, that's not it. Is this it? That's not it. Is this it? That's the waiting. It's a waiting that we might say those who anticipate the Lord. That's what will make you every morning you wake up. You dust yourself up. Because you know that he's done it. And you're only what? Anticipating the manifestation. And that's what can create the level of obedience our sisters were reminding us of already. Because you're now waiting for the next instruction to bring it to manifestation. But if you're not in that place, you get to a place where I cannot be waiting for a bus. They say the bus is going to arrive at 8 p.m. I cannot be waiting for the bus and it's 9 p.m. The bus hasn't come. And it's... 10.30 p.m., the bus hasn't come. What will show that I'm sure that bus is going to come is that I will now stand up because I know it's already, what, two and a half hours late, which means, what, it is nearer now than when I started waiting. But if I'm not sure that bus will come, two and a half hours late, I will use Okada. Is somebody getting what we're talking about? You see, it is the certainty that I know whom I have what? Believed. That is what makes you wait until the end time. Because you just strike off the last one. He will come. He said it. He will come. He will see me through. There will be a testimony. Praise the Lord. Everybody, okay, take your hand and say to yourself, I'm God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which he prepared beforehand that I should manifest. Yes, you're his workmanship. You're his workmanship. Your marriage is his workmanship. Your finances, your health, everything concerning is his workmanship. You're existing for the display of his glory. But you have to wait. You have to follow him. Please, we must be understanding of God. You know, the Bible says we should dwell with our wives with understanding. Also, dwell with God with understanding. One day with the Lord is like a thousand years. So when God says, I'm coming, eh, and you're looking at seconds, God is it's one hour since you said you're coming. A day with him is a thousand years. Do the mathematics. One thousand divided that, that by 24. What is one hour? One hour is how many days now? 50 years. Do you understand the mathematics? If a day is as one thousand years, we have 24 hours in a day. So one hour in God's time is one thousand years divided by 24. Yeah, approximately 50. So when God says, I'm going to do it, why do you think patience is a fruit of the Holy Ghost? Speed is not. Haste is not. Patience is. Long suffering is there. You understand? He has heard you. He's coming. 
He said, behold, he comes. He has heard you. He's coming. He has prepared it already. He's going to make it beautiful in its what? Our prayers, let it be now. No. Is it not? Let it be now. That's our prayer. But whatever, we know the end time will come. That's what we know. And because we are sure it will come, we are not shaking. It's a dimension. Certainty. I don't know about it, but I like to be clear. Like my daughter, when she was much younger, when we are traveling, all she wants to know is, Daddy and Mommy, when are you going? We'll tell her. When are you coming back? We'll tell her. she said, okay. You know, unlike the children that start crying, don't leave me. She just, you've told her when you're going and you told her when you're coming. So she calculates two weeks. She adjusts to that. Two weeks she expects you. It's when you don't come back now in those, in the date she said you'll come back. That's when trouble will. Uh-huh. So certainty, it makes sure. So you are here now, you have ordered some product and they've, you've chosen the specifications they are manufacturing. They say it takes us 60 days to manufacture. And then 30 days to ship. That's 90 days, Abby. If you're sure it happened today, will you be losing sleep tomorrow? You'll just be waiting for your 90 days to pass. Now, what we are learning today is this. God's word is surer than a manufacturer. He has finished it already. He said he will bring it to pass. What is my business? Every day I wake up and say, Daddy, what can I do? What would you have me do? It was in that frame of mind that the children of Israel were. When they said, okay, now bring a lamb. Because it's not easy. You see, this thing, we read it. It had never happened before. Praise the Lord. You see, it had never happened before. And these people were slaves. How many of us can even bring lamb tomorrow and kill? How much is lamb now? At least 25,000. And they were slaves. And they had to finish the whole lamb. Some of them, when their parents were not giving them meat. But that day, all the children would eat meat, eh? He said, this Moses, we like him all. <laughs> Be giving such instructions. Do you understand? You, you, these things, and they told them, this is what you do, this is what you do, this is what you do. And then you put the blood, and they did all of that. It was anticipation. Some people, despondency, you know, has so settled in on them that even amen, they can't say. A prayer comes. Mm. God will do it. Mm. They have shut the door. Your doors are opened. In the name of Jesus. Let's rise on our feet. Father, we thank you. Behold, he comes. (laughs) I said, Jehovah is coming. Our God is coming. He's a dependable God. He's a dependable God. He's a dependable God. He says, those who wait on the Lord, those who anticipate the Lord's intervention, those who know that what he has said, he will watch over to do. He's faithful to bring to pass. They will renew their strength. Tonight we are going to the Lord and say, Lord, I will wait on you. I will wait on you. Lord, help me. Let me be anticipative of your action. Let me be waiting for your manifestation. You see, the conversion of your prayer is give me an obedient heart. Give me a willing heart. Every day, let me be as excited tomorrow as I was when I first began. Yes, Lord, help me. Because that is the evidence that I know you will do it. That is the evidence. If my friend makes a promise to me and I know he'll keep it, I will not quarrel with him until he brings it to pass. But if I'm not sure, I can misbehave halfway. Tonight we're saying, Lord, I will put my trust in you. You are the dependable God. Tell him the names that he has told you he is. He's the reliable God. He's the faithful God. He's the unchanging God. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the mighty God. He's the God that holds times and seasons. He controls all of them. There is no one, no one, no one like our God. Tell him that you are my God.
Tell him that he has never failed. He does not know how to fail. Tell him that he is mighty. Tell him that nothing is difficult for him. What it is that you're believing God for. He has done it before. He has done it before. Yet God says I will do a new thing. So if what you're trusting God for he has done before. What is the big deal? What he's going to do for you is old model. If it's the fruit of the womb is old model. If it's a life banner is old one. If it's to take a beggar from the dunghill and set amongst princes. He has done it before. What is it that you're looking for? That he has not done before. Is it to cause you to be... You see, he has done it before. But yet he says, I will do a new thing. So what you're thinking of is even an old thing. He's going to surpass that. I want you to tell the Lord, I will wait on you. As for the attitude of someone who knows who he's dealing with. He's the mighty God. He makes a way where there is like no way at all. <laughs> he is Jehovah. He is mighty to save. Mighty to deliver. As I said, the everlasting God. The Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. He neither faints nor is weary. God is not tiring out. His power is as fresh now. His wisdom is as fresh. His love is, as, is still burning. Burning in love for you and I. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. I put my trust in you. I lift up my eyes beyond the hills. My help comes from you. 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 Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. I want you to bless the Lord. See him do it. See him. Just know that he has. Father, we thank you. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. 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 In expectation, in assurance, in confidence. You have a God. I have a Father. I have a Father. You have a Father. He says, I know the things that you have need of. I know. He said concerning the children of Israel, I've seen their cry. I've heard their cries. I've seen their pain. And I have come. God is coming. He's coming with a hand of deliverance. He's coming to wipe tears away. He's coming to lift up heads that are bowed down. He's coming. Yes, yes, as a nation, Jehovah knows. Jehovah sees. Jehovah comprehends. He has heard the cries of his people. He has heard the tauntings of the unbeliever. He has heard them taunt us. He has heard them that have said there is no help for him in God. For now, O oh Lord, you are shield for me. The glory and the lifter of my head. Yes, Lord. They've looked at them. The Egyptians looked at the children of Israel and said, look at these ones. They are fooling around. Nothing is going to happen. Penina looked at Hannah. They said, nothing is going to happen. But God, he said, look at them. There is no help for them. But this evening we're saying in 2020 and for the rest of our days, we know, we know, we know, we know. 
If you have your Bibles, you can open Exodus chapter 12. Concerning the eating of the lamb, some instructions were given, but one is very particular to us now. You can come down to 10. Exodus 12, 10. Talking about the lamb that they were going to roast. Okay, now it says, do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire. Its head with its legs and its entrails. 10 says, you shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. This is where I'm going, verse 11. Let's read 11 together. He says, and thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, so you shall eat in haste. Now, the essence of this is this. You're going to pray for a, a sense of expectation. You see, many years ago, uh, a preacher was always saying something, and I thought I disagreed with him. You know, every day you learn. He said, favor is when preparation meets opportunity. God is going to do something, but we have to be ready. He said, let them do what? Eat it with their belts. It wasn't very healthy. To be eating that quantity of food with belt. Sanders on their feet. But what was he saying? Expectation. You don't eat it and fall asleep. We are going to pray for ourselves and pray for the church. That we will be expectant. That a spirit of expectation, a spirit of obedience, sensitivity. So that once the Lord is speaking, we move. This thing was one deal. Do you know that the Israelites that did not borrow that night or that evening... Is it when somebody's mourning the first time you're going to borrow? He had a time limit. Let us ask the Lord for the spirit of expectation. For the spirit of anticipation. For a readiness to obey. The Bible tells us in the New Testament of fish short with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Lord, help us as a people. Let us not be sluggish. Let us be as people who know that God has heard them. Let us be sensitive to your moving. Pray for yourself. Pray for the church. Pray for your brethren that are not here. None of us will be slothful. None of us will be sluggish. None of us will miss the moment of our visitation. In the name of Jesus, none of us will refuse to hearken. Lord, when you speak, we will respond. Masandele Gerebanda, Lesotale Gerebanda, Shekababa. Lord, we receive the spirit of obedience, of quick response to your word. Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. Help us, O Lord. Help us, O Lord, to say yes and amen, and to move, and to obey. Matole Gerebando Santa Lande. Pray, pray, pray for yourself. We don't know the hour. You don't know the hour. I don't know the hour. You don't know the moment. But he's coming. He's going to come. He's going to come. The call will come. The test will come. The door will open. The opportunity will arise. The moment will come. Lord, help us. Let us not miss the hour. Let us not miss the moment. Let us not miss the day, the season. Let us speak the right words. 
Let us discern, O oh Lord, what you're saying. Lord, help me, help us. As your church, let us cooperate, O oh Lord, in that moment. Thank you, O Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For an eagerness. Clothe us with zeal, O Lord. Let us be zealous for your word, for your house. Thank you, our Father. Thank you, our God. Thank you, O Lord. We say thank you. We say thank you. We say thank you. We receive this for every member of the Father's church. Readiness to obey. Discernment of the times and seasons. Sensitivity to what the Spirit is saying. We give you praise, O Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you expect and shout the hallelujah that shows that you're expectant. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. Behold, he comes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 703 You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.